of the Saba Speaks podcast. We are your hosts, Laura and Iona, and we are here with another episode of our podcasts, bringing you fun and topical discussions about the brass band world. This episode is a little bit of a special one, as it is the first in our in-depth instrument focus episodes. Very exciting. Yeah, so over <laughs> the coming months, we plan to do an episode on each brass band instrument, talking about our favourite pieces that feature those instruments, asking questions to some expert players. For the first episode in this series, we decided to focus on percussion, as it is often overlooked in a brass band, and we wanted to set that right. So please sit back and enjoy a deep dive into all things percussion in this rhythmic episode. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the news. we would get the news out of the way early this episode as of course there's been very important events since our last episode the scottish was back Woo! Woo! <laughs> whether you had a fantastic time or came away a bit disappointed it was certainly wonderful to see you all at the event and brilliant to be back banding again congratulations to whitburn band bonus and caradin cameltown brass kilmarnock concert and brass sounds and reclide for your winning performances but honestly, well done to all the bands who took part over the weekend. It wasn't easy being on stage with social really distancing <laughs> still in place. So you should all be really proud of yourselves. I know I found it challenging. Oh yeah, me too. But we would also like to extend our congratulations to Richard Evans for his Lifetime Achievement Award. Woo! Woo! Um, presented to him by Brass Bands England recently. He was actually chosen for the award in 2021. However, he was finally presented with it recently. If there's anyone deserving of such an award, it is him. Yeah, here, here. From being a founding member of the National Youth Brass Band of Great Britain to being a multi-award winning conductor, an all-round inspiration to many, we thought it would only be apt to mention it on the podcast and offer our own personal congratulations to him. Um, remember that if you have any events coming up in the recent months, please feel free to mention it to us on the podcast and send it to us on Instagram so we can feature you in our news section. We just want to share the events going around in Brass Band World in Scotland. So if you have anything coming up, feel free to shoot us a message. Woo! And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So in this episode, we thought it would be good to get an actual percussionist to join us who is an expert, unlike just having us just talk to you randomly about it. Yeah, although we are clearly incredibly intelligent. So smart. We maybe aren't (laughs) the most knowledgeable about percussion specifically. That's why we invited Amy Gray to talk with us about what it's actually like to play percussion with a brass band. So basically, we just want to have a bit of a chat about percussion because we know nothing about percussion, really. I don't know and anything. So we thought we'd talk to someone who actually knows about it rather than just having us ramble on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit about you first, maybe. So how did you start playing percussion and have you always played in a brass band? 
Um, yeah, so I like totally grew up band and like my dad played in bands when he was younger. My mum still plays in bands now. Um, I actually started on trombone, um, but my mum's a percussionist, so I kind of always watched her. And then it was actually like by default that I started playing because I was at a rehearsal. My mum was playing and I was watching the rehearsal. It was like a Christmas concert or something with Bathgate and they wanted like oh, can we get some bongos in here? And they were like, oh, you need me sitting doing nothing. So I had to play that. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I was just like, oh, pretty, pretty fun. So I did both for a little while, um, a bit of brass and a bit of percussion alongside mm-hmm. each other. And then when it was like, came time to decide what I was going to study, it just went with percussion, yeah. No. I've always been surrounded by band and it's always like I've grown up with it. So yeah. What do you think has been like the highlight of your sort of banding career like so far? That's such a hard question. Um, well, I always remember like the first contest I did with Whitburn, which was Europeans. I was only 15 and I was like the most nervous I've ever been. <laughs> um, I remember that being just like the most amazing thing ever. Um, and then when I moved down here, um, I started playing with Black Dyke for a little while, which was... Um, yeah, it's great. It's just like that next level, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I only did it for a little while because um, it was really difficult to balance with college stuff. But sure. it's just like that level of players just in every rehearsal. It was just incredible. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think is your like favourite thing about playing percussion with a brass band specifically? Because I know that you do like orchestra stuff now, obviously, in college and things like that. Yeah, so it's, it's a very different style of playing. Um, but it's like always so busy, which is great. Like there's some things that are played in like brass band test pieces that like you wouldn't dream of writing for orchestral. <laughs> um, and it's just like the variation, like you're always kept on your toes. Um, it's the type of playing that I'm used to doing. Like a lot of um, percussion stuff in orchestras is like colouring different instruments. You don't get sure. a massive amount of big solo parts whereas like some of the xylophone stuff in like test pieces is incredible like the level I don't I've yet to come across something orchestral that is that kind of complex I'm yeah. sure I might get shot for saying that but <laughs> <laughs> do, you have anything, like, do you have anything specific in mind like I know that there's like um there's a piece like extreme makeover that has like a crazy marimba solo yeah, in. Um, is there anything like what like are you thinking of specifically um, I mean, in, in Metropolis, the vibraphone part, I played that. That was like my first like big tuned part and it's great. And it's got like the big solo sections in it. It's really good. Um, and then I did Fraternity as well. It's got some really cool solo xylophone Fraternity parts. Fraternity is a good piece. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I played that. I played that in that Europeans but I had like two entries because I, was just <laughs> like, I think I played two things in the entire test piece like um, but then we played it again I think it was Birmingham I could be wrong yeah it was Birmingham because it was the year first year back up um and I played the tune part and it's just great because it's like it's proper like solo moments it's not always just accompanying people it's like you yeah, get your, sure. your you get your shining yeah. star moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any other like favorite pieces? Because like when I think about percussion, I think of things like Windows of the World or like there's like specific drum rhythms in River Dance that I love, which are like super fun. basic. Yeah. But, like I just love yeah, like, those little bits. There's lots of good like percussion things for like um like concert programs as well, not just test pieces. We think of like Balkan dances and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. like great, great tune part and kit part, like yeah, there's a lot in concert programs as well where you can really feature like 
Even all the Christmas stuff was great. Bells <laughs> well, yeah, you've got to have sleigh bells. And what would you mm. do with that percussionist? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, like we've talked about like your favorite things about playing with a brass band, but what would you say is maybe the hardest thing about playing percussion with a brass band? Um, it's definitely logistics because there tends to be a lot of writing for like you're on this instrument and then you've got two seconds to get to that one, which is a way over there. So like it tends to be um, you're not just playing one instrument for the full piece. Yeah. And like if it's like, you know, a new rehearsal, we've got a concert coming up, you know, we're just going to sight read through this stuff. And like you don't have time to set up because everyone just picks up their instrument and go. Yeah, and everyone like sorts themselves out. Yeah, and it's yeah. like oh, okay, fine. I'm on xylophone. Let's go. And then turn the page, and then I'm like, oh my god, I need a <laughs> box. And they're like on the floor over there. So like that's quite tricky, and it can be quite frustrating because it's like you can be the best player in the world, but if you've not got the thing in front of you, you yeah, can't play it. You've not got your equipment. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like the most stressful thing actually about banding is setting up like on stage I bet like a contest I always feel so sorry for them so stressful and like (laughs) you're playing on instruments you've never played on before sure like sometimes like you could have a vibraphone that's like more octaves like it's literally bigger than the one you're used to like or like bars are different size pimps can have different pedals it's a nightmare like especially like when you've got a big setup, so like fraternity, for example, that's got like the four toms, bongo, kick drum, like getting that set up, and like the the last thing you think about is your music and your sticks. Like you guys go on, you've got your instrument, you've got your music, and your mute, you're all good. But I'm, like I'm even stressed can, doing that though. Like I walk on, yeah, and I'm, like, okay, I've got, I'm like holding them all in my hands, and I'm like, oh, what if I forgot? Yeah, Where, I like, always yeah I always get so stressed when I see that like the percussionists going on with their little stage plans and I'm like yeah it's wild responsibility I used to be I used to be worse like I remember like the first few test pieces did like on the front of my music I would have every stick that I needed every instrument that I needed every like I need page two to be on this stand I need page three like I was so organized with it now I'm a bit more calm that like because you know the piece like the back of your hand you know what you yeah. need by the time you get on stage so now I'm a bit more chill, but I have, if anyone finds my music from like the first few test pieces of it, I've just got lists <laughs> on the front of it, like don't forget everything. Yeah. But yeah, logistically, it's quite difficult, Um, but it's good. It keeps you busy. And yeah, I think even like logistically, like just moving, like if you have concerts and stuff, because I remember like, playing in bands and whoever had the biggest car would have to take the temps like it was like yeah like trying to move all of the gear around I think is hard on one level yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a nightmare we're lucky at Whitburn also we've got like a van that comes and sorts it out but it's like especially if concert programs are kind of put together um between a few rehearsals you don't have like a straight run through um, and it's like, oh, what do we need? Do we need this? Do we need that? Like, it, it can be quite difficult. And space as well with concert venues. If you're in a little church or something, sometimes, you know, you've got a massive vibraphone part and a xylophone part, but you can't fit in both. Yeah. So then it's, it's really tricky. You have to make a lot of decisions on, like, what's more important or sure. what has to be there and what can be... Yeah, it's, it's really tricky. There's a lot more to it than just the playing. And with yeah. brass banding, because... 
there is a lot of busy stuff written and lots of like different parts and million instruments like it's great but it does <laughs> add that extra level of like okay we've got to be a bit more organized here for like yeah. what's happening yeah I think like also if you've not done a like if you if you're you've not done a run through of the concert it must be hard to work out like where to put each instrument mm-hmm. as well then like yeah working out like what needs to like who's playing what at what point and where it needs to be and stuff like that yeah because like I mean you think of your standard setup where you've got like your tuned and then your like bass drum snare drum cymbals and then your temps but that doesn't always work because there could be one piece where you need the cymbals right next to the xylophone it is just it's a nightmare it really is <laughs> um especially if like you're coming in deafening on a concert or like I said it's not something that's been ran through a lot there will be times where like you can be as organized as ever there will be times where you turn around and the thing you need isn't there yeah and you just have to not panic in that moment because then you turn your head away from the music and then you're lost and that's you going <laughs> over but um yeah it's it's difficult there's loads to think about but yeah I was gonna say like I've never really thought about any of this to be honest like I think I take it for granted that my instrument's always in my hands and then I don't have to move anywhere like it's so it's so funny literally one of our questions that we have for you is what do you wish non-percussionists and brass bands understood about playing percussion and I feel like (laughs) all of this like summed it all up already like we don't even need to delve into that like if you ever ask if you ever ask like the brass section to like stand up in a piece and then like or whenever you play But if you play like <laughs> Schneewaltzer at a Christmas concert, they're like, wait, yeah. so I left and then right? And it like, it's always such chaos. Yeah. The thing is, it is, it around. like, it is tricky if you're not used to it. Like, it's something that you do, you just get used to it. It just becomes a part of like, what you do every day. Like, you just learn that, like, it's a, always a pain. Like, I remember like, if I'm the end of the concert or whatever, and then you guys are already in the pub or away home and we were still packing stuff up. And it used to really annoy me. <laughs> But now I'm like, it's just part of the job. Like you really do get used to it and you also get really fast at packing stuff down. So yeah, yeah. Just remember where everything goes. I always feel like I get in the way if I help like set Honestly. Because I'm like, I have to be like, where does this go? Yeah. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, like at, um, at my band, it's like at the end of rehearsals, it's like, oh, everyone stay back and like help put the percussion at like the back and on the stage and everything. And I just stand there like, it's not that I don't want to help. <laughs> I don't want to make the situation more stressful. Yeah, it is, it is tricky, especially with like obviously instrument stands and stuff. If you don't want to like, you don't want to break anything. And yeah, like, I totally understand that. But yeah, it is tricky. It's nice to get help, but I I completely get that whole like you want to help, but you're just standing there and now you're like I'm just in the way now. I'm not yeah. actually like I and yeah, I get it. It's like an awareness of how much some of it costs as well. Like. Yeah. Like as random, like, like a symbol is a piece of metal, but like that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, so I know myself as well. Down. Some sometimes if I'm like going to the contest and it's the night before, like I like to be the one to put the stuff on the van so that I know that all my stuff is there. Yeah, like I like to see it happening. And sometimes, like when everybody's trying to be helpful and they're grabbing stuff and everything's getting chucked on, like sometimes it's nice I, to just yeah. Okay, I've actually physically. I know that it's I there. Was, I was yeah. gonna say I think yeah. being, me being the type of person I am, it's like I don't think I'd want help. <laughs> Not and like even yeah, not like a mean way, but it's like if I've done it and I know it's there and I have the specific way that I want things to be and I could just make sure that it's done with packing up and like you know putting things on fans, like I would rather just do it all myself <laughs> and then like not have any interference of like my 
brainwaves. Yeah. Lots of percussionists would love a hand. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that before before the gig, yeah. But after it, I don't care what happens to the stuff. I just want to yeah, get, get it. Home. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> so true. Get it in a van. We'll go. It'll be fine. Yeah. Is there anything? So is there anything you think like brass players can learn from percussionists then? Like, do you think there's anything that, any wisdom you want to share with the rest of the brand? Um, I don't know. I just think that maybe we do, you know, we do contribute. We are a part of it. (laughs) It's easy. It's easy to think brass and then we're just standing up the back doing our own thing. But there is a lot that we add to it. I think like people always notice that in the warm up room before the test piece and they're like, something's missing like <laughs> we tend to be kind of there and you don't really notice us and then when we're not there you tend to notice us exactly but I think I think patience is is lovely like if you're going to a new piece or something and we're like running about at the back trying to sort stuff rather than being like oh come on we've got to get going like just yeah a bit of patience a bit of understanding be aware of what's going on yeah it's not just because we're sitting on our phones you know not listening that we've moved on to the new piece sometimes we just actually need to physically move stuff yeah but I think most or- people are aware of it now because percussion writing like for percussion test pieces and stuff is getting really busy and like it's really like developing I think like especially with modern test pieces people are more aware of what we're doing yeah absolutely yeah and it's not just bass drum symbols in the march anymore it's (laughs) you know a bit more obvious yeah absolutely um and so like a final question then do you have any advice to give sort of young brass band percussionists who are sort of interested in kind of following in your footsteps and like taking it on to like a college like higher education level um, I would just say say yes to everything that you're doing because um, brass banding is great and there's a million other avenues out there that are also great and don't like pigeonhole yourself to one thing um, and then also remember yeah like you are percussion but you're not just smacking things it is <laughs> that is the one thing you know even if it's a super loud snare drum roll it's still music you're still adding to it I think just always remember you're not playing for yourself you've got to but yeah, just say yes to things. It's part of the team. Thing. And yeah. Yeah. And be organized. That's the one thing. There's no, no worse feeling than turn around and the stick you need or the thing you need isn't there. Yeah. Like you can if you're if you can be organized in that sense, then you'll be all good. Amazing. This has been right this has been such a good chat, Amy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so thank much. you so much for Hi, I'm Ewan Fox, and you're listening to the brilliant Saba Speaks podcast. So now we have had a nice, serious discussion about percussion with Amy and had some brilliant thoughts. I thought it would be fun to test your percussion knowledge, Laura. Why? (laughs) So welcome to a game I have designed called Percussion or Tea. Okay. As we know, there are many different kinds of percussion instruments of all shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. from all over the world. Very exciting. But there are also many kinds of teas. Don't even drink tea. I did tell you we were intelligent on this podcast. (laughs) This is is the thoughts I've been having. Um, Can you tell them apart, Laura, based on just their names? No. (laughs) Probably (laughs) not. Find out. Let's find out. Okay. (laughs) Number one, there's the cocacha. Do you think it's a percussion instrument? Do you think it's a tea? I don't know. I do. I... Mm. I get percussion vibes from the name it sounds. Like I feel like it's something you like hit like 
Kocheka. No. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> it's a Japanese green tea. Oh. Apparently, it's very refreshing. Mm. But it's not a percussion instrument. Oh, well, there so, we go. <laughs> question two. Okay. Rick. Rick. Yes, Rick. You've got a nice glass of Rick, or go get the Rick out of that box so that we can play this piece. What do you think? I think that's a percussion instrument. It is. Yes. It's an Egyptian drum that's Ooh. a bit like a tambourine with that's like so jingles fun. on it. Okay. Look yeah. at me. One, one. one. I've got one right. One right. Okay. Number three, the chaga. Mm. Is that a type of tea? Is that a percussion instrument? I don't know. I see that being an instrument because it's like, you know, like, oh, go hit the chaga. Go hit the chaga. No, it's a type of tea made from mushrooms. Oh. Which does, I think chaga sounds like a mushroom tea. In see, now that you've said that, a it mushroom actually tea. does sound. Yeah. That sounds so gross. <laughs> no offense if anyone listening likes chag- chaga. Chaga tea? Yeah. No. Bad vibes. Bad, bad vibes if you drink <laughs> chaga tea. <laughs> Question four. The batar. Batar tea? A, gla- a nice cup That's of- an instrument. That's an instrument. That's yeah, it is. Instrument. It is a religious drum from Spain. I feel like I've heard of that. The batar. Yeah, that seems, yeah. That seems about right. Um, number five. An essiac. A nice blend of essiac. I think that's a tea. Nope. Oh, wait, no. You're right. It yes! <laughs> I'm so used to you being wrong already in this quiz. I know. It is. It is a Native American tea. Nice. Nice. I think that makes sense. Like Essiac tea. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought it, sound, it sounds like, what's what's that called? Epicac. Essiac. No, but it sounds like Epicac. Oh, Epicac. Epicac. No. Is that not a thing? I don't think that's a thing. I think that's a type of medication. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. That's why I thought it was a tea. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Question six. Boomba. That's an instrument. That is an instrument. That's in, in, in stomp. That's the instruments made of pipes. Yeah, yeah. The boomba. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Rubius. That's a type of tea. That you is can order of, that in Nando's. That is a type of tea. <laughs> <laughs> that is a South African tea. I think because um, I drink iced tea. That's the only like, type of tea I'll drink. Oh, nice. I, so I'll drink Rubius, Rubius iced tea, tea sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, question eight is Sencha. Not mm. the uh, apple ringtone Sencha. But, uh... I didn't even know there was an apple ringtone called There is. That. Wow. But is it named after a tea or a percussion instrument? Percussion instrument? No. Oh. It's named after a tea. Green tea. Another kind of green tea from Japan. Oh. Lots of different kinds of green tea, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, question nine is Zill. I, I'm trying to, like, imagine all these things yeah. in, like, different what is, contexts. What's Zill? Like, oh, go scrape, see, the, go yeah. scrape the zill. Yeah, go like is it on a menu board in, like, a fancy cafe? Just zill. See, I can see both of those things. Yeah. Especially when you go to, like, the cafes that, like, in the area, like, in Edinburgh. Like, yeah, it's, like, fancy Edinburgh cafes. Fancy, fancy Edinburgh cafes, or they'll definitely have, like, zill, zill darling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raw. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's a type of tea. It is not. Oh my goodness. It is Turkish symbols. No. Have you been keeping track of your score? I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it. No. <laughs> I don't think it is either. And the last percussion instrument or tea is the kashishi. 
I feel like that's a percussion instrument you can shake. It is. Yes. It's a Brazilian shaker. <gasps> that is. Whoa. Like, you've made it. You've made it. That's, that's it. Mad. <laughs> After these ten questions, you're now an expert. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I think I maybe got five. Yeah. Ten maybe. I don't know. If you've been keeping track of my score, um, message us because we haven't been. <laughs> we'll just listen to it again. We'll figure it out. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll I don't see. think it was very good. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see what Amy would have got in this quiz. Although, probably full marks. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah. 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 Anyway. I feel educated. Yeah. On tees and percussion Tees and percussion instruments. Let us know if you did the quiz. And at home. And yeah, and what you Message got. us your answers. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the stupidest thing we've done, and we had kazoos in the last episode. So. I know, I think this is... I think we're slowly dripping and, our... Dripping our stand... <laughs> dropping our standards. Yeah. Oh, man. So, that's all from us on this episode of the Saba Speaks podcast. We hope you've enjoyed such a fun insight into the world of the percussion section and hope you will show the percussionists in your band a bit of appreciation when you next see them. Thank you all for listening and remember... Keep keep practicing! practicing. And we will see you next time. (laughs) Bye!